If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Well, it's a big show. Welcome to the Fade Route. It's a big show With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ IMZ. And we have a big show for you. As always, we have the division that nobody wants to win in the AFC. We have a big injury on a short week in Houston, but we are going to begin with the injury up in the NFL, particularly at the quarterback position. Some mild, some a little bit more serious, but uh, definitely some power behind these names. We're going to start in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger. Has a little toral injury. We're monitoring that situation closely. So uh, he pulled his boobs. So good, good job, Ben. Um, going out to Las Vegas, where leading passer Derek Carr uh, is dealing with an ankle injury. But, I mean, we're still wrapping our minds around the fact that he's leading the league in passing. So kudos to Mr. Carr. Down south to Miami. Tua Tungavailoa got blindsided and his ribs are all sorts of jacked up. He's out week to week and Jacoby Brissett is going to take the helm of the ship that is the Miami Dolphins after they just got blowed out by the Buffalo Bills 35 zip. And last but not least, we are going to end in Indianapolis where Carson Wentz Somehow, on a sack, managed to sprain both ankles at the same time. Now, I've heard of breaking ankles in basketball. I have never heard of somebody breaking, uh, excuse me, spraining their ankles simultaneously. And it looks like Jacob Eason is going to be the guy for the Colts if Carson Wentz can't go. But none of these are surprising. All of these quarterbacks have dealt with some level of injury in their career. Some are a little bit more serious than others. But uh, who knows where this is going to go. And they are severe enough that if they miss a good deal of time, they could definitely put a dent in these teams, particularly ones that had playoff aspirations. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Flight crew through and through. The last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? I just want to get this one thing clear. Did you, did you say Ben Roethlisberger has a little peck? Is that what you told? Is that what you said? He's got a little, got a, little pecker? He's got a little peck. He's got a little teeny tiny peck injury. 
I thought oh I thought you said he had a little backer. Oh no, man. No. I mean, not that I know of. I'm not uh, I'm not aware <laughs> of that and uh, not, not that I, you can remember, huh? Not, not that I can recall. Not that I can not that I have seen or have heard of, but you know, he just pulled the man boot. I think so. they're still picking up Tonga Viola's uh ribs off the field there. Man, he took some shot. That guy's always getting hurt too. He's these guys are repeat offenders. Carson Wentz, man, both your ankles? You gotta be kidding me, man. What the hell were you doing? How the hell did that happen? On a sack? I don't understand it either. And he's trying to lobby his coach to stay in the game, but you can't walk. You're, you're, you're both like Carson, Carson, go sit down. Please, just, just get out the way. Just get out Please. the way. Jacob, Jacob! <laughs> oh my goodness. But... You're going in. Going in where? The game, asshole. <laughs> I thought you meant the locker room. I'm sorry. What do you I'm mean? Sorry. Carson's hurt? He can't go in? Why you sound so disappointed? <laughs> Why do you sound so How disappointed? How about them starting out? How about them starting out, Owen, too? What a disaster uh, that is, huh? What I'm most concerned about is their defense. I didn't think I would say that, but their secondary got exposed big time twice it's time for the fade-in where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week i mean i know i mean i know i know we're i know we're gonna jump into the you know, the Ravens pretty early here because, uh, you know, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs with, uh, with a fourth and a few yards. Lamar goes the extra mile. He's finally got the monkey off his back. He's one and three against Mahomes. We're trying to figure out when he's going to be 500 against Mahomes and the Chiefs. But how about the Ravens defense getting torched two weeks in a row for 30 plus points? Now, I know they got injuries, but, I mean, the Ravens have always been a staple for defense. Agreed. And it's definitely concerning, but this week, it's Mahomes and the Chiefs. So, if you're going to get torched, you're going to get torched by Mahomes and the Chiefs. So, it's one of those things that I'm not... This game is not the outlier game, in my opinion. What is the outlier is... Lamar Jackson, 18 to 26, 239. A touchdown and two picks, and those picks were horrible. They were just right at Tyra Matthew. It was just like he forgot what team he played for, I think, momentarily. And Tyron Matthew just, yes, sir, right here. Thank you very much. I'll take that. But what I found really interesting about this game, more so than the passing attack is that the rushing game of the Ravens actually showed up with this patchwork crew but this is veering very close into Josh Allen territory because Lamar Jackson led the team in rushing and had two touchdowns as well so it's one of those things that if it's bad for Josh Allen it's got to be bad for Lamar Jackson as well so 16 carries 107 yards 
And he was averaging almost seven yards a carry, which is great, but you don't want that from your quarterback. Tyson Williams, solid game, 77 yards. Latavius Murray, 36 and a touch. Even got a little something from Devontae Freeman. But the uh, Kansas City rush defense isn't exactly the best in the world. Uh, you can you can get yards on them. So it's good to see that the rushing attack is there, but you cannot. You cannot go into this coming week thinking that you're confident in this team based on the performance that they put forward. Well, I mean, the Ravens lead the lead in rushing, right? Uh, and Kate, like you said, Casey's run defense is terrible. I like the fact they moved Chris Jones out to the end, but he looks like a security guard on most option plays. <laughs> like he's just not quick enough to react. They didn't even block him. They're not even. They're not. They didn't even block Chris Jones to the point where they had to take him out whenever they thought an option was coming. Um, I like the Ravens' chances if they have to play Kansas City again. Uh, what'd you think of the call? How did you like how Harbaugh attacked that last drive? What did you think of that? Well, I mean, he was being aggressive. He wanted to make sure that Mahomes didn't get the ball back, but it, it's risky. It's definitely a risky call. But well, it's uh, a rhetorical question, right? It's like he he wanted to go for it, right? He was well, just yeah, no, it was like it was like you want to go for it. It was like you're going for it. Yeah, no, no he totally like. The funny part was, is like in the moment I'm watching it, and I'm like, if I'm Lamar, I'm like, nah, man, kick, nah, man, nah, man. we're on the forty, man. <laughs> but then again, I'm thinking Lamar's like, I don't want to give Pat back the ball, like right. you know, I just, I just don't think what Lamar does is sustainable. I mean, some of the moves, some of the jukes, the burst of speed, it's it's great, it's nice to watch, it's fantastic. He needs to become a better passer. He needs to add another element to his game. And I think the I actually I, I was talking to a buddy of mine this week, and I really think the running quarterback dies with Lamar Jackson. I don't think teams after him are gonna go get. I'm not gonna say he's one dimensional, but that run strong dimension of a quarterback. Like, Kyler Murray's a passer, man. That guy could throw. He's a baseball player. That guy's a baseball player. He could throw the ball. Lamar um, um, Allen up in Buffalo, he's a big kid. He got a big arm. I mean, he can run, but he got a big arm. I don't think that Michael Vick style, Lamar Jackson style, I think this is the end of the road for that kind of player. I hesitate to put Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick in the same sentence just because Michael Vick could chuck it 70 yards in the air with accuracy. Yeah. That's the one thing. Yeah. I mean, what, from what I see of Lamar Jackson, like, it's a very line drive kind of throw, and that's pretty much all I see from him. I don't see a lot of touch. I don't see a lot of air under it. It's very just you – know, it's very one-dimensional. You hesitate to use the term, I'm going to use the term. It is a very one-dimensional kind of... Uh, and he's, di- and he's dynamic. Don't get me wrong. He's dynamic. But it's almost like what the Chiefs get into sometimes, right? We've talked about the Chiefs offense, where it's all about getting their receivers, their tight ends need time to get into their routes and get downfield. Yeah. So Pat can drop back. 
he can run around a bit and then chuck it. But every once in a while, you want Pat to take that Brady drop where he gets to his his spot and then he whips the 15 yard out, or right. he whips the or he whips the 25 yard comeback. Like you want to see that every once in a while, and you don't get that with Pat, and you sure as hell don't get it with Lamar. But I, I just think in this league, you do you do need that element. No, you absolutely do. You need to have if you are going to have legs, you could better make sure you can deliver the ball too. And that's where a guy like Kyler Murray is a little bit more differentiated than a guy like Lamar Jackson because Kyler Murray is elusive as hell. Like he's yep. he's elusive. I find that the way Lamar Jackson runs, it's not too elusive. But he's he's actively trying to run for yardage, whereas Kyler okay. Murray, Russell Wilson, they're yeah. extending the play. I get like, what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, so it's just a different style, and it's not something that's conducive to a long career. No, I completely agree with you in that regard. But speaking of guys who may not have long careers, based on just before, starts, but before before we go on to the next <laughs> before we go on to the next uh, yeah. subject, I I do want to give a lot of credit to the Ravens defense because the game plan was outstanding. They were going to, we're going to take Tyreek Hill out of this game. We're going to put three players on him and you're going to have to throw it to Robinson, um, Pringle, uh, Hardman and Kelsey. But yeah. Tyreek Hill is not beating us today. And it and worked. Did. Yeah. I, I, did, I don't know if it'll work the next time around, but it worked on, it worked on Sunday. That's the thing about Andy Reid's offense is that it's probably not going to work again because Andy Reid is a savvy coach. So the only thing I think that might be an issue is that Eric Bieniemy's name is kind of getting tossed about with USC and there might be a distraction in that regard. But Andy Reid calls the plays anyway. So yeah. it, it, it might be a minor distraction, but I think Mr. Hill will be more prepared for what the Baltimore Ravens throw at next time, for sure. But you know what? On the other side of the ball, though, if you look at the offensive side for Baltimore, Hollywood Brown had a huge game, too. 113 with a touch. That's probably one of the better games of his career. And if he can be that one, that number one receiver, because if you look at him, like, right now, who would you say is the number one receiver? Andrews? I think they really want Sammy Watkins to be that guy. And they want to be able to run Brown on the deep stuff and run him out of the slot. But eh, it's hard. Andrews hasn't really shown up this year yet. I mean, he's got a couple. He's got, I think, six, seven catches in the two games. No touchdowns. Meanwhile, this guy, I think, was either first or second in touchdowns for a tight end last year. He had 10 or 12 touchdowns. Well, he certainly is getting paid like it, that's for sure. And I wonder... As the season goes along and you only have Brown and Watkins really performing, is it going to, are they going to regret not trading for Julio Jones? Like a couple of guys, I'm just going to say us suggested. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months. 
not years. CSB offers 8- and 16-week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB.com. But speaking of guys who may not have long careers, based on what we've seen so far, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Zach Wilson have all struggled in a limited sample size. I will be fair. It's a limited sample size, only two games. Is there anything to be optimistic about with these three? I mean, if you're Jacksonville, you tell yourself, we'll build around Lawrence. He's got an awesome arm, and he's shown that. Um, and they got a they, he, they got a rookie head coach. I mean, yeah, he's been in college, but this is a new game for him. If you're the Bears, you feel Nagy should be fired at some point this season. <laughs> and they got a steal in Justin Fields, right? I mean, yeah, you traded up for him, but you never anticipated that he was going to be there. But if you're, if you're the New York Jets, I guess you're excited about basketball season being around the corner. I mean, that was because from Zach Wilson's first 10 passes, four of them were intercepted. While Mac Jones is on the other sideline, controlling the game, did not turn over the ball, only had, I think, 170 yards passing. He didn't light it up, but he got the first win of the season. And it was at MetLife Stadium. It was against Zach Wilson. The Jets' offense looks inept, and they're just awful. Yeah. And, you know, Robert Sala, his reputation is a rah-rah guy, but you don't really see that much on the sidelines. Usually, hands on his knees, doubled over. So, it, yeah, it's, it's already I, a bad I, look. He's doubled over. It's only week two. Well, the thing about it is, is like I always said that he needed to get rid of the rah-rah once he became a head coach. But, I mean... I, I I didn't watch the whole game. I watched the fourth quarter, and you got his defense of like getting stuffs and getting sacks, and they're pounding their chest and screaming like like they got a 15 point lead and the stadium's empty. Guys, it's like what are you what are you pounding your chest about? They're running the ball. The whole world knows they're running the ball. So what? You stopped them. They got 22 points. You got three. Exactly. But of the three rookie quarterbacks, it should be noted, and it, it's pretty, you know, it, it's innocuous. It, it's innocuous at the time, but Zach Wilson has the best complete percentage of the three. <laughs> so think about that for a second. You're just trying, Warren, just trying to give him some depth, man. I'm, grasp, I'm grasping at straws here. Of the three, granted, Justin Fields has only thrown 15 passes, so... You know, that's a 53.3 percentage, whereas Wilson's at 55.7. So, hey, something to hang your hat on. However, when you've had 70 attempts and have already gone to the other team, <laughs> that's not good. That's just I not just, good. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what... I don't know how you feel. I don't know how people feel. I don't know how Jets fans feel. 
I don't know how front offices feel. I mean, that's why I say, you know, Jacksonville, I feel like they've got to be optimistic about it, right? It's like, yeah. we, got the, we got the best quarterback in the draft. He got the biggest arm. He's showing it. He's making mistakes. But you know what? We'll get a top five pick again, and, you know, we'll get we'll get better. I mean, we'll get better. And yeah. if you're the Bears, you're like, well, you know, we landed this guy in the, in the, in the double digits. We traded up for him. And Andy Dalton's really the guy, and that Nagy in this system is awful, so okay. But if you're the Jets, it's like, what are you hanging your head on? That's the whole, that's my, that's why I'm saying I, I can't see where the optimism is there. Like, when Jet fans left that game, what were they saying to themselves? Are you saying, well, here we go we, again? Are you saying, well, we're rebuilding? Is that, is that, is that what that's, is that what just took place in that building? They've been rebuilding for years. Was it, and then you look at the, and then you look at the Patriots and like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that guy, that guy looks all right. Like, do we need to take this kid at two? No, uh, clearly, like if we if you go back to our draft boards, the our draft boards, not Shays and not the Kuipers and not the so-called experts, the you know alleged expert. Now, we might have to start doing that, too. In addition to alleged superstar, alleged expert. Matt, we had Mac Jones up there. Like, we, it goes without saying how highly we thought of him. But he is clearly the class of these of this quarterback class right now. Well, the 49ers so, got to feel good, too, right? We're 2-0. Yeah, yeah, We're 2-0. And, and our guy look, and our guy's learning every day. <laughs> he is. He is. Why? Because he's behind Jimmy G. There's a veteran presence there. Who's that what? Twenty six. Was... Who's twenty six and eight? I think in the regular season or some stupid number. Twenty eight and five. I like think twenty six and eight. I think you're right. It's twenty six and eight. But you know he doesn't lose. If he <laughs> if he starts, the dude doesn't lose unless it's the Super Bowl. So you know he he's definitely like Trey Lance is a spot behind a veteran with a capable team. Fields, I mean, he's behind. He's in the he's in the morass that is the Chicago Bears because you have the two quarterbacks plus him. You still have Foles. You still have Dalton, and you have this just tug of war that's going on because you had Matt Nagy being non-committal, and then a PR guy coming out and saying that Dalton will start once he's healthy again. Uh, it's, like, it, it's a mess in Hallis Hall. It is a there's a mess. It, it's a fucking mess. It's a shit show. But so, but but Chicago but Chicago did win, okay. And another team that won over the weekend were the Cowboys. That comes down to earth in the win. But does this team? Maybe this is the recipe for them to be victorious. Is to have balance with Zeke and Pollard and Dak. And the whole ensemble there. What were your thoughts? Well, it was a good game. It definitely was a good game. Justin Herbert didn't have his best performance, even though he threw for 338 and a touchdown. 31 of 41. He was efficient for the most part. He just two picks. Not a not a great end to it. Dak Prescott's numbers don't look good at all. You're looking at 23 of 27. Yeah, efficient, but only 237 yards not exactly matriculating the ball down the field and it's not like you're facing the 85 bears the only person i fear in that secondary is derwin james so it 
it's one of those things that for the Dallas Cowboys to get where they want to go, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face, as blue as that star in their helmet. They need to be balanced. They need to have the run to set up the pass. And if they're going to have a two-headed monster and Ezekiel Elliott, they're on to something here. I mean, they're combi- they combined for 180 yards and two touchdowns. And if you were to tell me that Tony Pollard would outpace Ezekiel Elliott, I would have thought that Ezekiel Elliott got hurt. But no, apparently Ezekiel Elliott is healthy. So this is the key to success. It's always been the key to success with the Dallas Cowboys. What have they won without a franchise running back, without Emmitt Smith? They didn't win Jack in that era. So you need the run to set up the pass to have a balanced attack. The receiving core... If C.D. Lamb's going to drop passes, it's going to be a long season. They need a tight end. Jarwin, only 37 yards receiving. Schultz only had 18 yards. So, eh, nothing that's going to light the world on fire. Omari Cooper, only at 24 yards receiving. So, if this is going to be the team, they, they very well better be running the ball down people's throats with this two-headed monster. Yeah, I mean, I like the balanced offense. You know, the first week of the season, they had a chance to do what Baltimore did, right? Mm-hmm. They should have went for it on fourth down. You have Zeke back there, Pollard, got Dak. Don't give the other team a chance. They gave Brady the ball, he comes down, and he wins the game for them. I was actually really impressed with the Dallas defense on Sunday. They held the Charger offense in check. I know you were saying those numbers for Herbert 338 but he didn't he hasn't really lit it up this season and I I liked what Dallas was able to do I mean they scored they scored in every quarter but I mean they had first eight points in the second and then two field goals for the rest of the game and that was it that's pretty good for that charge that charger team is explosive uh and they have Jared Cook now as their tight end and the uh Ackler's healthy and he's back and we all know how good uh, Keenan Allen can be. They held the Chargers offense in check. They were impressive. Uh, and this was the Chargers opening up again in their new stadium with their fans. And they played well. Interesting thing about Dallas, though, offensively, 14 points in the first quarter and then two field goals in the fourth quarter. And... Yeah, that's one thing, though. I know you said they, they were opening. I know you're saying that the Chargers were home. But if you had, if you didn't listen to it on mute and you had, you actually had the volume up, they were, it sounded like there were more fans than Charger fans there. So. That, that probably was true. <laughs> the Charger fans do not travel. If it's out, they're outside San Diego, they're not coming. Tony so, Pollard averaged 8.4 yards a touch. That's absurd. Absurd. Tony Pollard's a decent backup. He definitely is a decent backup. And, you know, he can carry the load, at least for a little bit, Ezekiel Elliott's hurt. So, I, I like him. I like I like that backfield mix. They just need to not abandon the run. If you abandon the run and you have Dak Prescott chuck 50-something passes, something is very, very wrong. Something is very wrong. can't help but smile when you see a balloon. 
The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Speaking of something being very wrong, apparently nobody wants to win the AFC South. You have the Salt, no account Jaguars. We've gone over them. We have the Indianapolis Colts, both 0 2. The Titans, 1 1, but they had to go to overtime and beat the Seahawks to get to 1 1, which leaves that little engine that could the Houston Texans in a first place tie so who's the best team in this division right now man if Watson was the starter of the Texans I think the Texans would be 2-0 and uh Jacksonville's awful we've spoken about that already Titans do not look good on either side of the ball I didn't really think our Arthur Smith was that much of a guru but clearly he knows what he's doing because AJ Brown, I know he had, you know, knee surgery, but he he's he can't catch. I saw him drop passes yesterday. Julio looks old. They literally had to jump on Henry's back and let him carry them to that win yesterday. The the, the dude was exhausted at the end of the game. Well, Wentz is hurt again up in Indianapolis. The Colts see this Colts seem to be done already. Without but without Watson on the Texans, I guess I'm gonna have to lead, lean towards Tennessee, you know, just because of the star star players they have. But they need to get their shit together. If you're looking at plus minus, if you're looking at differential, the Tennessee Titans are a minus twenty two. That's crazy. so that's fucking awful. <laughs> awful. But it's not even the worst in their division. Jacksonville's a minus twenty six. Uh, Houston, it's sneaky, but they're a plus six. They're above water in that regard. But, you know, I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. And we're going to get to Arthur Smith later, at least part of Arthur Smith in the alleged superstar of the week conversation. But, like, let's not crown his ass because the Falcons are a minus 49. So, (laughs) oh, my goodness. Um it's hard to say. It's it's most likely the Tennessee Titans, just for the simple fact that they have the explosive players. They have the Julio Jones. They have the King Henry. They have Ryan Tannehill, who seemed to figure it out last year. You know, they made some key plays in the game against Seattle that ultimately forced them to go to overtime. Bud Dupree was living in the backfield, so. I mean, it's only two games. Let's not uh, let's not do overreaction Tuesday, overreaction Wednesday. So, 
I mean, the Titans, as of right now, they're the only ones who are on a winning streak. So, <laughs> oh, this is going to be a long year in that division. Yeah, uh, and, Ty- and Tyrod Taylor is out Thursday. Uh, so, do the Texans have to start Watson against Carolina? I mean, I know they've already announced that Davis Davis Mills is going to be the starter, but this doesn't seem the right play here at all. And it goes to show you what they think of Mr. Watson. If he was in camp the entire time, and he practiced, and they still won't let him anywhere near the field. It goes to show you that they don't want any level of distraction because the conversation will not be about football. I, I think that is clear. It's just going to be about the 22 sexual assault allegations, but I don't know. I, I got this feeling. I got this feeling that somebody might be getting a phone call. One Mr. Cameron Newton. I could definitely see that. I, could, I mean, is it likely? No. But is it Is he worth a look? Absolutely he's worth a look. But if you look at Davis Mills' career numbers in college, a 65-66% passer rating, 18 touchdowns, only threw 438 passes at Stanford. So we'll see what he is. But if there's any indication he's not going to be that much, I don't think this is going to be a Tom Brady-Drew Bledsoe moment. But it does feel like they are punting on the season already. But let's not diminish how what Tyrod Taylor did before he went out with that pulled hamstring. Two games, small sample size, three touchdowns, 416 yards, and almost a 71% passer rating. Uh, completion percentage, excuse me. So, I think it's definitely, this signals that they are willing to punt on the season because they didn't have any expectations to begin with. I mean, the situation is so ridiculous, right? I actually feel bad for Davis Mills starting on a short week against the number one defense in Carolina. Once upon a time, Davis Mills was the number one high school quarterback in the country. Uh, injuries in college happened to him and, da- and kind of pushed him down. But I guess he's ready to enter the three-ring circus of starting quarterback in the NFL as a rookie. Uh, if you recall, in the summer, I said I was interested to see how well he would play because I was a little bit of a fan back in the day. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's a tall order. I mean, if he's going to win Rookie of the Year, he's got to start now. <laughs> I mean, it's a short week. It's against Carolina. Carolina has a very strong defense. They are ranked first in the league in many categories. So if this is going to be if this is going to be his rise to superstardom and not his rise to also ran, right, he better have it. But what does this say to you? What is the... The, the Texans' decision say to you about where Watson ends in the pecking order and what they feel about their season? I mean, it baffles the shit out of me. Like, I, 
I can't I can't believe that if, like if you're a Texans fan, you've got to be really pissed off at this situation, right? Because your team wins the opener. Not a lot of people chose them to win again against against Jacksonville, but whatever. But even in the most recent game they played, they only lost by ten points to a good team. You're telling me that if Deshaun Watson was playing, it wouldn't be a narrower defeat or maybe even result in a win? And you look at the division. The division is winnable. Like what are we doing here? Like what are we what are we what are we trying to do here? Like that's the that's the question I have. Is is this because you signed this man to such a large contract that you can't just let him go or trade him for anything? I mean, really, what is he worth at this point? Like, what team is... no? For, like, forget it. Like, no team is going to offer you the bounty you're looking to get for him. So what are you trying to do? You're just going to ruin his career? And what's the NFL doing? Like, get this investigation over with so, so that they can... This guy can play. We want to see him play. I want to see him play. I mean, I'm not saying that what he did was right but technically we don't even know the details of the ins and outs we just all we have are allegations at this point true he has been placed on administrative leave he was allowed in the building he was practicing with the team he's not so, on the exempt list he can yeah. play yeah. so what's what's the angle like you just you think by not playing him somebody's gonna come out and say oh yeah give us to sean watson well like is that what they're thinking they think Miami's going to call them? Is that what they want? They might want the Miami Dolphins to call them? I think they are. There is an element of protecting your investment. There definitely is. Just uh, kind of make sure he's not damaged goods for if and when they decide to trade him. But the other story in the news today from basketball is that Ben Simmons is not going to report. He wants out. And to me, these run very similar in terms of perceived value versus actual value. Because minus the sexual assault allegations, Ben Simmons is in a very similar position. The organization views him one way, but everybody else views him a different way because of mitigating circumstances. For Watson, those mitigating circumstances is the 22 sexual assault allegations. For Ben Simmons, it's our eyes. <laughs> so, you know, would it behoove these guys to get in and kind of play nice and then go from there? Sean Watson's already done that. And being, you know, they're not progressing towards a trade from what I've seen. They're just, they're sitting on them. They're sitting on them and they're letting it play out. So... But the I problem I have, the pro- right? But the problem I have is in the Ben Simmons situation, we know the caliber of a player he is, yeah. and he's not worth his contract. And I don't know any team other than the Warriors that might be willing to trade for him. And he's in a situation where he is saying that he's not going to play for the team. On the flip side, with the Texans, we know how good Deshaun Watson is. He is a top five, top ten quarterback level of talent. Mm -hmm. So, you know what you're going to get when he gets on the field. And I haven't heard him say 
that he won't play for the Texans. It sounds like the Texans are not willing to play him. And if you're not willing to play him, then trade him. Well, that's where they are right now. But what initiated the trade talks in the beginning was this his lack of willingness to play for this organization if they were going to at least consult him on certain things like uh, hiring the, the coach. So there's some elements there for sure, but Deshaun Watson would definitely make this team better. And clearly the organization has set forth an agenda to where they're not going to make that happen. So we're, if you're a Houston Texans fan, you're just going to ride it out for the foreseeable future and see what they can get for him if they decide to move him at all. But How does it end? How does it end? How does it end? I, I, I don't see, I think I don't they see t- they, how it ends. I think they just end that they bite the bullet and they take 10 cents on the dollar. That's what's going to happen, right? They're, they're going to have to do that. Gonna, they're going to have to. I and, almost feel like they're going to get to a point where they're going to have to cut him. Because who's gonna who's gonna trade for him? Every other team has all the leverage. You yeah. can't you can't go into the end of the season like this because you think once you get to the draft, a team's gonna be like, Oh yeah, let me give them all my draft capital for Deshaun Watson. They'd rather just take a player in the draft because they don't want to pay Deshaun Watson. Like what do you think? Denver, Denver's going to come in and say, oh, yeah, we'll give you all that trade capital for this alleged sex offender because we don't think he's going to do it again. Or, or the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's going to be like, yeah, well, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go and give you their draft picks for this guy who didn't play in all of 2021. That's the other thing. He's not playing. What happens if I trade for him and the first thing he does is... He sprains both ankles like Carson Wentz. Is that what they're hoping for? They're hoping the Indianapolis Colts give him a call, a little in division action. <laughs> that would be I, interesting for I sure. I just don't. I just don't see. I don't see the angle in this where the Texans end up on top. And I also wonder: Is this going to plan? Is this what they play? Is like when when uh, the GM came over there from New England. Is this how he thought it was going to go? <laughs> like, all right, yeah, I'll have a high. A high ask on Deshaun Watson, and somebody's gonna pay me. Somebody's gonna take him. Somebody's gonna want him. Is that how you thought this was gonna go? I well, just don't. I don't, get I don't it. think he. I don't think he did a deep enough dive on the personal side of it. If that's the case, you know, it's that player evaluation, but not the personal evaluation. Like twenty-two allegations that really blow some holes in your fucking plan. <laughs> twenty-two allegations really hampers your trade value we'll stay it's time for the mail route on the fade route if you want to join us email fade route mail at gmail.com questions comments picks you name it fade route mail at gmail.com a full mailbox for you today and remember 
if you want to get your email featured, hit us up at fadewithoutmail at gmail.com and you might be featured on this segment. Our first email comes from Allie in Gainesville. Hey guys, love the show. Alabama just barely beat my Gators. Is that a hiccup or is there something more there? I mean, it's Gainesville, man. It's a tough place to play. The Swamp, man. I mean, you you going into you go when you when you're in the SEC and you got to go into Georgia and win a game. You got to go to Alabama and win a game. You got to go to Auburn, LSU. It's always tough. Winning is winning. I would not look into it as more than just it was a it was a tight and it was a tight contest. What gives you pause about it and? little bit of just hesitation is the fact that Alabama gave up four rushing touchdowns. Like, you know, like that's a lot. You definitely, something you need to clean up there. So I know Nick Saban in the post-game press conference was not happy. Uh, the defensive lapses were many, and he is not shy about you know, throwing people under the bus. We know this about Coach Saban. But I feel bad for their next opponent because they're, they're an ornery Alabama team just waiting to blow their doors off. And if anything, it shows you the detriment of like buying into your own hype or reading your own press clippings. Because, granted, again, just like Miami, when they beat Miami, Florida's not a schlub team. They're the number 11 ranked team in the country. So, for them to narrowly pull off this upset, and it boils down to a really bad two-point conversion call, where it looked like an RPO, but both guys started playing tug-of-war, and nobody wanted to let go of the ball. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, that I'll awesome. take it. No, I, I want it. No, I want it. Shit. That was pretty ugly. So they, there is a little bit, a little element of luck there that they were able to narrowly escape. But if this is the blueprint and Alabama doesn't get it cleaned up, they're going to lose in the, the title game. They're going to get there. I mean, it's you know, it's a fait accompli that they're going to get there, but there's definitely a blueprint to beat them. Email number two comes from Rashawn in La Brea. Okay, cool. California. Hey, guys. Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. got into it in dugout. And Machado out Tatis. Was this leadership by Manny, or is this cracks in the foundation? I mean, I just, I just think they're frustrated. I mean, they were supposed to compete for a division title this year with the Dodgers, and the Giants stole their thunder. I never seen Manny as a leader. I don't even know. Can can a dirty player be a, a leader? What do you think? <laughs> a fantastic question actually maybe we need to ask Pete Rose 
Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see it that way. I just, it, it is what it is. They're, they're coming. Their season's coming to a crashing end. So to kind of set the scene for everybody, Fernando Tatis got called out in a third strike, and he started to give it back to home plate umpire Phil Cuzzy, and Jason Tingler involved, and he got run to protect Tatis, and Tatis would not let it go. So Machado's trying to get him to get back out, to, get back out to shortstop, screaming, "It's not about you. Let's play fucking baseball." do your job. Your job is to play baseball. And I don't know if, now that you bring it up, I don't know if a dirty player can be a leader, but most that might be the most leader thing that I've seen Manny Machado do. Just because he was trying to, he might have gone about it the wrong way because they had to be physically, they had to be separated before going out and playing next to each other on the left side of the infield. But you know, if he was trying to spur on Fernando Tatis to kind of refocus and put his head back on straight, right? I think he was trying his best. And it definitely was leadership, but you're 100% right about their season. They're only three games over 500. They're barely hanging on in the wild card, but they're on the outside looking in, but they're close. You're looking at, they're 20 and a half games out of first place. So, you know, their season's pretty much wrapping up. Pitching has not been what they wanted it to be. And they definitely, you know, this is definitely a learning experience from everybody. But kudos to Manny Machado for actually getting in his face and not, like, kowtowing to the kid. Last but not least, from Ron in Detroit. Isaiah Thomas thinks the Nets can't win without Kyrie Irving. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Isaiah's right. Uh, and that's sad because the Nets have so much talent, but they are not going to be able to win without it. If Kyrie was healthy for the Bucks series, the Nets probably go to the finals. I think it's the same thing for this season. They're going to need him to play like 50 games. And they're going to need him to play every single playoff game. I don't really believe in Kevin Durant because any all the championships he won were with Golden State. And they were a championship team before he got there. So, you know, James Harden is probably one of the best scorers in the league. And I, and they're, they're stacked. But at the end of the day, you need a point guard to facilitate the ball. And I know a lot of people don't like Kyrie, but man... He could get to the dish better than anybody. This one's tough. Because when you first told me about this and you brought it to my attention, I thought you were talking about the Isaiah Thomas that's actually active in the NBA. (laughs) So I was was like, why are you telling me this? Is he trying to petition for a job? But then I'm like, oh, you mean Zeke. And oh. Well, that makes a hell of a lot of sense now. Because... That they can win running a point forward system. It just doesn't work. Right? Point forward generally not work unless your name is LeBron James. And even then, he needed a point guard. And then, fun, funny enough, 
he needed Kyrie. But you didn't hear that from me. But this team is... They, this is the team that needs to go. You have an all-star at every position. This makes that Laker team with Colin Malone and Gary Payton blush. To, to where you have a backup in Patty Mills, who has a solid reputation. Patty Mills is a very good point guard. If Kyrie Irving does not play, Patty Mills can step in and do a representative job. Is he going to be the superstar that Kyrie Irving alleges? Probably not. But I think he can definitely be a steady influence like he was in San Antonio. But ultimately, this team is an ensemble. Much like the, the Warriors in the past that you mentioned, all of the guys need to come in, they need to play their parts, and they need to play them to perfection. Anything less than that is going to be something that gets exposed just like this past year. And that's going to keep them from getting to their ultimate goal, which is a an NBA title. So, Kyrie, for all the baggage that he brings, his skill is definitely needed in this particular lineup. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. boys and girls last week we awarded our first alleged superstar of the week award we distributed the alleged superstar statue the ass so we're gonna find out who this week's ass is who is gonna get the ass this week i have a few that may have earned a nomination and we're gonna put up a poll on twitter on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDND once we're done with our program here. And you guys can vote and decide who is the alleged superstar of the week in your eyes. But for me, this is starting to become old hat. Gary Sanchez, (laughs) another gas behind the plate, dropping the pop-up, leading to a seven-run inning. Garrett Cole, the $320 million man, oh, man, who got lit the fuck up by the Cleveland soon-to-be Guardians. And last but not least, Matty Ice himself, Matt Ryan, Mr. Two Pick Sixes against the Buccaneers, 
and he's not a superstar, but I'm going to throw him in there anyway because I'm pissed off about the result. Dexter Lawrence for jumping offside when you had the game won. Dustin Hopkins misses the field goal for the football team. The Giants should have won that game, but Dexter Lawrence jumps offside. I was in the car with my girl. We are listening to the game on the radio, and both of us turned to each other, and we knew the game was over. Those are mine. What do you got, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Cole. Uh, um, Garrett Cole. Jeez, are you kidding me, man? You're supposed to be the Cy Young Award winner. You getting killed by the Indians, Mister I'm a Yankee for life? <laughs> Good Lord, man! They needed that game. They needed those wins. You're supposed to be the dude. Another one we agree on is Matt Ryan. Fuck it, Matt Ryan. God, 35 for 46, 300 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Dude just couldn't stay off the ground. Ball's getting tipped in the air. He's constantly laying on the ground. I just feel so bad for Matt Ryan, man. I just think it's awful. How I about, don't get it. Like, for, I just, to his wife, is he uh, does he have a safe <laughs> word so that if she hears it in the press conference, she knows it's coming home? She knows it's over? Like, gosh, man. Because Tom Brady just came in your division and she's running your shit. Do you have any humility, dude? Josh Rosen had to come into the game. <laughs> Josh <laughs> Rosen had to come into the damn game. This guy. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, and Zach Wilson. Jeez. First two passes in your home debut were picked off. 19 of 33, 210 yards with four picks. Come on, bro. And then in the press conference, he's like, yeah, they should boo me. Oh, come on. Just come on. Well, did, did you hear what? Uh, did you hear the post game on SNY with Leger Doosable and with Bart Scott? No. That they were throwing him under the bus for lack of accountability because he was using the word we instead of I. Oh. Is that, by, is that BYU stuff? That BYU yeah, apparently, stuff. Apparently, like that, you know, because when I think of accountability, I think of Bart Scott. So, All the time. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. can't wait. And we can't wait to hear from you guys on the Twitter poll. So once it posts, you got a day. Choose wisely at Fade Route DNZ. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to teespring.com, type The Fade Store into the search bar, and have access to our sweatshirts, t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, tank tops, and much more on the way. That's teespring.com. Type in The Fade Store at the search bar and show your boys some love. Rep the Fade Route brand only at the Fade Store, only on teespring.com. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. All right, boys and girls, it is time for the option for week three. How'd you do last week, brother? Ten and six. Not bad. I mean, you know, ten and six. I'm happy. It's 
pretty good. Staying above 500. Yep. 10 and 6 is solid. That's where I was, too. 425. The 4 o'clock window wrecked me. I went... Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I went 3 and 3. In the the 4 o'clock. It was just terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, hopefully, we can clean that up this week and really pump those numbers up because 10 and 6 those are rookie numbers let's let's see what we can do for the guys and gals that are listening Thursday night the Davis Mills debut Panthers at Texans yeah I think the Panthers keep it going man so I'm gonna go with the Panthers I have no idea who Davis Mills is back so if anything happens to him they are SOL Panthers roll pretty easily. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like how desperate is how desperate are the Texans not to play this guy? Like, what if Davis Mills gets hurt? He has a history of getting hurt. What are they gonna do? I guess you're right. They're gonna have to call Cam. Yeah, they're gonna have to do something. Or like, I mean, I wouldn't even. You can't even go get Peterman from Vegas because Mariota's on IR. So maybe you call the Bills for Trubisky. Yep. Yep. I, I don't know. To. Something for Nick Foles? I, I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> not, not to a, a sorry no-count team. Not at all. We're in the 1 o'clock hour on Sunday. The 0-2 Colts at the 1-1 Titans. Wow, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The Colts are going to start out 0-3. I mean, it's hard to pick a, it's hard to pick a team that's got a quarterback with two bad ankles. <laughs> and Jacob Easton starting, man. So, yeah, I'm going with the Titans. I'm not going to say the Titans figured anything out when they beat the, the Seahawks, but this Colts team is bad right now. It is absolutely bad right now, and... Derrick Henry should have no problem running over the Colts team. Titans in a row. Falcons at Giants. This is, a, this, game. this is a tough one. I mean, the Falcons have the worst defense in the league. The Giants are awful offensively. Uh, but I, I can't... I, I mean, you got to think, if the Giants lose to the Falcons this weekend... Their season's over. Like, so I'm gonna go with the Giants. I think they have some humility in the win the game. At the end of the day, the Falcons have a minus 49 <laughs> differential. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just that stick mind. You think Matt? You think Matt Ryan's wife like leads the? That's what she says when he sits down to dinner every night. She's like, you know, you guys are minus 49. I'm just telling <laughs> you that. It's like I'm just, you know. We're not having sex until you get above five hundred, above above zero. Can you pass the mashed potatoes, please? Yeah. Uh, this is going to be ugly. As a Giant fan, I, I'm disappointed in the defense. It should be better. Is you already have Kenny Galladay talking shit on the sideline. Whether it's the Jason Garrett or Daniel Jones, it doesn't matter. Because he's already barking. Dude, you chose to come here. I'm throwing that out there. If you weren't traded, free agent contract. If the Giants go over three, Jason Garrett probably gets canned. But maybe that's a good thing. You might open up the playbook a little bit because, you know, the clapper, he likes to play it a little conservatively. But 
I can't see how the Falcons. I can't see how the Falcons muster anything up after seeing that sorry no account performance against the Bucks. So I'm taking the Giants too. Chargers at Chiefs. Chargers at Chiefs. You know what? I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I just feel like they've got to win. I feel like they have to win this game. Um, I think it's a shootout. And be su- surprisingly, the Chargers are like number one or number two against the pass. So I'm going with the Chargers in an upset. The Kansas City run game has not been great. Edwards Hilaire had a, a crucial fumble. So that's definitely something that you need to look out for. That being said, it's going to be close. I can see Butker kicking the game-winning field goal, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs by three. Narrowest of margin. Bengals at Steelers. Uh, yeah. I am actually going to take the Bengals over the Steelers. I just don't like the way the Steelers look, man. When you lose to Oakland, come on. Oakland's awful. I don't care how... I don't care if cars leave the league in passing. They didn't even bring their top running back with them on the taking the Bengals. Steelers lost six guys, and if Ben Roethlisberger can't go, that makes seven. So, the most important thing is that T.J. Watt's probably not playing, which means Joe Mixon's going to wild. I'm going to take the Bengals, too. Bears at Browns. Yeah, you know, I think this is going to be a close game. It's going to be closer than people think, but I'm still going to take the Browns. Over, under, Justin Fields getting sacked four times. Over. Oof. It's going to be a yeah. long day for Mr. Fields. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the Browns. Clowney, Garrett are going to meet in the middle. And the one thing that you need to be concerned about is that uh, Juice Landry went on IR. So we're going to see what... Baker Mayfield has for weapons, if it's going to be in Joku or if it's going to be some other guys. And got to keep an eye out, as usual, for Nurse Poochie, Odell Beckham. Is he going to play? We'll see what happens. But I like the Browns either way because of their run game and their defense. Ravens at Lions. Shit. <laughs> you watch the game last night? How did the Lions get a Monday night football for crying out loud? Digging the Ravens. It's not going to be as bad as you think it is, but Ravens are definitely going to win. You know, the Lions play with pride. They definitely they are trying. I, they're not very good, but they're trying. So you got to give them some credit for that, but the Ravens are going to win. Saints at Pats. Yeah, uh, I think the Pats win this game. I was going back and forth on this, but I think the Pats pull out the win. Will the real Jameis Winston please stand up? Is it the guy who threw for five touchdowns and who only threw for 70 yards? Like, there, those are two fucking extremes. Like, there, there has to be somewhere in the middle. The only thing that he didn't do was throw five picks. So, like, you got that going for you, but you're, you're facing the Patriots. You may very well throw five picks this week. How about Sam Darnold starting off 2-0, and man? Good for Sam. Good for Sam. And I'm taking the Pats in this one. And yeah, I, the, they're going to be in 
well, they're not going to be in last place because they got the they have the Falcons in that division. So there's that. So there's that. Cardinals who barely barely won versus the Jaguars. I'm taking the Jags. I think the Jags get their first win this weekend. That Cardinal narrow win because of the missed field goal definitely gives you a little bit of pause, but Trevor Lawrence hasn't played great, and Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, those those guys are going to get in that backfield. So I'm going to take the Cardinals on the road. Washington football team at Buffalo. Yeah, I flipped this one a couple of times, but uh, ultimately I think Buffalo will win the game. Heineke, not too bad, but again, it was against the Giants. So we'll see what happens when he when he plays a better team. So this is tough. It's definitely a toss up game. Um, I'm gonna go with home field advantage. I'm gonna take Buffalo as well. Jets at don't Broncos. Even, just, don't even stop even we're, we're talking about. We're, we're in stop. the four just, o'clock just, out. Just, just stop. Just stop. Go to the next one. It's not even. <laughs> just, just, don't even. So he's got five already. <laughs> they're gonna lose to they're gonna lose to Sam and they're gonna lose to Bridgewater. Both quarterbacks who played for them over the last three years. <laughs> that's that's oh man. But how many Wilson this weekend? Oh against Denver? Jeez. Mm. At least three. I'd say three. I'd say three is a good over under. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go four. I'm gonna go four. He's already got five, so why not? I'll take the over on that one. Dolphins at Raiders. This would have been a good game if Tua was not injured, but I'm gonna take the Raiders even though they're banged up. Raiders are going to three and zero. Jacoby Brissett did not show any mastery of the offense, and Dolphins just got wrecked by Buffalo. So, 35 nothing. How do you not even kick a field goal? It was your home uh, opener. It's your home opener. I have their kicker on my fantasy team. Awful. You can't even kick a ass, field goal, guys. It's an ass whooping. What more can you say? It was an ass. So, and, and the beatings will continue because the Raiders are not as bad as we thought they were. Yeah. Seahawks at Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings. The Vikings got to win. They lost two close games. They got to get a win. Or Zimmer's going to get fired. Zimmer's on the chopping block. Zimmer's got to stop talking shit about his players. He's always talking shit about his players. Like, he used to talk shit about the quarterback when, uh, I forget his name, and now he's talking shit about the kickers. Like, dude, hop off. Like, your defense is so great. Give (laughs) fucking 30 points to a baseball player, dude. (laughs) Mike Zimmer, like... Mike Zimmer is very big on the bravado, and it's his system that drives success. So this is kind of who he is. Um, that being said, I'm gonna take the Seahawks on this one. I, I I just don't feel that Russell Wilson is going to lose to this team. And the Viking the Vikings are decent, but they're not. They are. They are. They, they are. They're, they're not great. They're not great. No, no, they're good. Right now, they're finding ways to lose. Eventually, they're better than they're better than. The, I mean, the, the saying is, "Is you are what your record say, says you are." But indeed. I think they're better than what their what their record is right now, particularly on offense. 
That office plays. Defense is suspect. It's been suspect since last year. That's run by Zimmer. It's his fucking defense. It's always his defense. So that tells you. But to be fair, last year, they let so many guys go in free agency that they were starting so many rookies. So, okay, you figure this year's put up or shut up time. And he's still shit in the bed. So he is definitely running out of excuses. We can agree on that one. He's an asshole. <laughs> the last of our, our 425 tilts. Bucks at Rams. Somebody's uh, always got to go. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I think the Bucks just have too many offensive weapons. And I, I'm not a believer in the Rams' new defense. I'm not a believer in Stafford. He looked he did not look that great this this past weekend, so Bucks. It's gonna be close, but for the sake of argument, I'm gonna take the Rams on this one. For the only reason that the Bucks secondary looks shot right now. The fact that they're even considering calling Richard Sherman gives you all you need to know about where that secondary is right now. So I'm going to take the Rams, and, you know, it's going to be a good game regardless. Sunday night special, the 1-1 one one Packers go to San Francisco oops, to face the Niners. 49ers. Ah, this one's tough. This one's a little tough. It, it's... I'm going to have to go with the Niners as well, even though I'm a little perturbed by their running back situation. But that, that Packers defense is trash. <laughs> it's just trash. Yep. I might pick up Jimmy G in fantasy this weekend just because of that. <laughs> and your Monday night delight. Eagles at Cowboys. I am going to take the Cowboys. But I think it's gonna be. It should be a good game. It better be a good game. Ezekiel Elliott. This is their home opener. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott needs to be the star of this show. Dak Prescott just needs to turn around, hand the ball off. So I'm gonna take the Cowboys over under a combined one ran for 180 this week. A combined 220 with Pollard and Elliott. Under. Under. Yeah, under. For sure. Yeah, I don't know. Eagles got exposed a little bit, so we'll definitely... We're going to see where this goes. Thanks for tuning in tonight. This has been the Fade Route with D&Z. You can catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on the Anchor, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everybody. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.